Welcome everyone. We are at the Biltmore Hotel. It's March 4th, 1937. We are the ninth annual Academy Awards honoring the best films of 1936. And we are down to the final category of the evening. Everyone, outstanding production for 1936 goes to... The Great Ziegfeld. Whoa. That's the way. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> I... You know, oh I, I had placed my bets beforehand, and I just, I didn't know. You know? <laughs> I had no I, idea. I had no idea. Wow. Okay, wow. okay. so. Welcome um, back, everybody, to another episode of The Envelope, please. I don't think we said our name on the last episode. I don't think we've said our names the last couple of episodes. Yeah, no. Mm. Well, I'm Sam. Did we say The Envelope, please? I don't think we did either. Wow. We sometimes forget like what the rules of podcasting are because we're just so anxious to talk about movies. We just want to talk about these movies so bad. <laughs> My name is Rance, by the way. Uh, Rance Collins. Sam Erdahl here. If you want to follow me on stuff, I'm at Rance Collins. Please do. Follow us both. Are you at Samuel? I am at Samuel Erdahl, Twitter and Instagram. You know, the good thing about having unusual first or last names is that you can generally get Get away with it. Your handle. Yeah. Or your email address. Or Absolutely. Whatever. Yeah, I've never had a problem. But No, it's never been an think, issue for me. No, but everybody pronounces my last name incorrectly. It's always... How do they say it? They go, Erdahal. Erdahal? Yeah. I'm like, that doesn't even That's sound so like... so many syllables. Anything. For yeah. six letters. And like, the A comes before the H, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's six letters, right? Yes. Oh, okay. I had to count. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. I yes. counted that really fast in my head, and I just wanted to make sure I counted it correctly. <laughs> yes, you sure did. I was just really, I was thinking about what it, how long it looked like in my yeah. head, and I was like, that looks like about six-letter word. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's a thing I can <laughs> That's talent. a talent and a skill. I didn't know I had. I love that. Tell me how many letters my name is without <laughs> looking. <laughs> C-O-L-L-I-N-S? Is it you have two L's in your last name? I do. You're seven. Because it might... Because here's the thing. I actually have an issue with this. Oh. These people, these 1L Collins. Oh. Uh, the Grammatically, that should be colon. Oh, sure. Because you, if you have one consonant between two vowels, then you give it the long sound. Oh. It's a long sound, right? A long, uh, yeah, the long vowel sound. Col- colons. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's what it should be. That's what it should be. Yeah, but if you have two, if you have two vowel, uh, two consonants in a row, then that changes the pronunciation. Language is weird. Language is super weird. Very weird. You know Speaking of weird? difficult last names, <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the best segue we've ever had. Ziegfeld. Here we go. Uh, they want to know about our lives. No, they they want to know what we think about our names. We got to give a little <laughs> taste into who we actually are. We're we're people, not just voices. You hear? Every I week. mean, like we're not just people who watch movies. <laughs> we're also human beings. <laughs> sure are. We have feelings. Okay. Uh, let's... <laughs> what were your feelings about this movie? <laughs> Well, oh, we got it. We don't. We can't just go right into. We gotta you're talk right. about 1936. You know you what? Know? You're right. When you're right, you're right. There's a lot. I mean, we're like here. We are in the height of the Great Depression. Yeah. And, um, and the Oscars is basically a fully formed situation by now at the ninth ceremony. Yeah. We get the most important. One of the two most important categories is introduced this year. Finally. The be- the most important category is unquestionably Best, best actress. actress. Yes. The second most important category is 
Best Supporting, supporting actress. actress. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> and we finally get Best Supporting Actress. Oh, and also Best Supporting Actor happened this year, but whatever. True. And um, <laughs> less important. <laughs> we really care about, about our <laughs> about actresses. Actor. Yes. We really do. And we like actors, too. We do, but we just like them when they're supporting the leading ladies. We really like female-driven stories. They're it's just, a marvel that we liked Beauty and the Bounty so much. That's, I was actually thinking about that last week. I was like, especially when I was watching it, I was like, I'm enjoying this a lot. And there's not, there's hardly any, there's like no female characters that speak English. No. Because no. the two island ladies, they don't speak English in the movie. No, no. There's very few, there's just uh, one of the characters as a mother Right, in the movie. and that mother. Well, we should, I should have said this last week. Was played by an actress named Spring Byington, who is going to get an Oscar nomination for "You Can't, Can't Take It With, with you. you." Yes, but we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, nineteen thirty. Uh, this Academy Award year, nineteen thirty-six. It's now shaping up to look kind of like what you were familiar with nowadays. We're getting there, and this is another big mammoth production from MGM. It, it's, I think, probably a good example of what MGM was doing at this point in time. But we need to save that for a second. We should probably talk about the other movies first. Sure, uh, let's do it. We have Anthony Adverse. Um, I understand it's very good. It's based on a book. I've never seen it, though. Mm. Um, Olivia de Havilland, so I'd probably Olivia, love it. Yeah, it's one, another, like, uh, another like swashbuckling film, though. Is it not? It's about yeah. pirates, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and it, uh, as far as I know... I mean, yes. like, I don't want to say that authoritatively. Sure. I, um, I, I remember I was, I read about it a long time ago when I, I think I first... It's long. I know very that. Very long, yes. Um, but this was, um, this movie received the first Oscar for Supporting Actress. Uh, Gail Sondergaard uh, wins Supporting Actress for Anthony Adverse. And it was nominated for a lot of Oscars. Well, the, uh, the plot synopsis on Wikipedia... Oh, can't wait. ...says it's about an orphan whose debt to the man who raised him threatens to separate him from the woman he loves. I mean, I feel like that's just, like... It's a plot to any movie. <laughs> that's, I mean, for a movie that's two hours and 20 minutes long, there's probably a lot more there to it There must be more involved. Um, but Frederick March, um, mm. who I really like, is the lead. And then Olivia de Havilland, Gail Sondergaard, uh, wins the first Best Supporting Actress Oscar for this film. Yes, she does. And she... <clears throat> Pops up in a lot of classic movies. She's kind of just one of those. Uh, yes, and like stunningly gorgeous. She is such a unique-looking woman, and she's pretty. so beautiful. But she does. But she does have a look that molds itself to where it makes sense that she was such a prolific supporting actress. Very because true. she Charactery. she she's very charactery. Like yeah. she fits in a bunch of different time periods, but yes. she's not distinguishable. I, her her features can be. Like, makeup alters her, I think, a little bit. True, and she can easily adapt into comedic performances, mm -hmm. villainous performances, yeah. um, very dramatic performances as well. She can really do all of it. It kind of makes sense that she wins the first supporting actress Oscar. It really does, actually, yeah. Just like it kind of makes sense that Walter Brennan wins the first supporting actor. So fitting. I haven't seen Come and Get It, which is what he won for, but year, yeah. uh, Walter Brennan, you've probably seen him in a movie before, even if you don't know you have. Because he's just in a bunch of movies, and he's a very consistent, enjoyable force mm -hmm. in films. And he's the first to win three Oscars. Yeah, he's got a couple more. He, we'll be talking a lot about him in the years. We sure will. Um, we we, we got Doddsworth. Doddsworth. I will tell you, uh, I've seen probably half of these nominees, mm. which is the first time I can say that. And I 
this is my favorite film of all the ones nominated. That's what I've heard. I really wanted to watch Dodsworth. Um, I have not seen it yet, but I've only heard good things about it. Uh, it's directed by William Wyler, who um, is eventually going oh. to win three Oscars yes. for Best Actor. One of my for favorite best directors. Actor, for Best Director. <laughs> and he is, he is just one of the greats. He's and so good. He, each of the movies he wins Best Director for also win Best Picture. Yep. Um, he is a very versatile director. He directed a lot of different genres. This one is just a straight drama mm. about a guy who uh, retires from his like small town business. He's very wealthy, and he, he and his wife are going on a trip around the world um, uh, now that they finally can do so. And his wife's played by is Ruth Chatterton and uh, Walter Houston, uh, father of John Houston, grandfather of Angelica, Angelica Houston. Um, an acting royalty family. An acting royalty family. Uh, he uh, plays the plays the husband. His wife, though, um, is kind of a social climber, who is who is very conscious of the fact that she is now has a child who's an adult who's getting married. Is very conscious of the fact oh. that we find out during the course of the movie that child is then having a baby and she doesn't want to be a grandmother and she still feels like she's young and beautiful and so she ends up having an affair. Um, on during the course of the movie, uh, first with David Niven in one Ooh. of his early roles, sure, and then um, with another guy who's a lot younger than she is, and um, and she's going to like marry this guy, and she divorces Walter Houston, and Walter Houston's super sad, but then he meets Mary Astor, and oh, they okay. have like this really sweet romance, and uh, it's like Italy or something, and they. Um, anyway, the whole thing is like the slice of life drama, which are my favorites, and it's just so, so, so good. And like, and he still loves his wife so much, even though she's so frivolous and it's mm-hmm. so beautiful. Like the last thing he says to her when they are getting divorced, which that's not a spoiler. There's still a lot of movie left after that. Um, he says, uh, "She's like, do try not to be too terribly lonely." And he says, um, "Did I remember to tell you today that I adored you?" Oh wow! Oh, that's <laughs> just like so good. very flat, very straight. He's very uh, focused. It's it's such a good movie. You'll love it. I will watch it. Libeled Lady, also a great movie. It's a screwball comedy. Mm. It's like a preeminent screwball comedy. It has Myrna Loy and William Powell, and Gene Harlow and Spencer right. Tracy. Yes, and it's a Gene Harlow film. Yeah, it's so funny, so good, so fast, so wonderful. Mr. Deeds Go to Town. One of the great Frank Capra movies. Oh, yes. And just like a, an all-around great movie. And a movie that's um, obviously been been remade um, <laughs> to not quite as great a critical success. But it's also it's a great, it's a great example of kind of the, like the romantic comedy, the comedy kind of taking a different turn. This is, back in 1936, it was a very different kind of romantic comedy. This is a very, it's a very, um, it's a very Depression-era film. Yeah, because it's dealing directly with the depression. Very true. Um, yeah. And Frank Capra w- did a lot of movies where he weaved in social issues mm-hmm. into comedy. Yes, to great effect too. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet. Are you probably familiar sure with you're the story? All familiar. Um, it's an adaptation of that with people who are much older than teenagers. Um, I haven't seen it though, so 
<laughs> I don't think you have to. I'm sure I, you understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, San Francisco. Ooh, Spencer Tracy's first Oscar nomination. Yes, although very much a supporting part. Very much a supporting part, yes. Yeah, the I, best part of, of the movie, but yes, you're not wrong. Very supporting. Yeah, Clark Gable, Jeanette McDonald, uh, and it's about San Francisco in 1906. What happened in 1906 in San Francisco? (laughs) (laughs) The special effects in that movie are pretty incredible. Yes, and that is where this movie is. And I understand it's Best Picture slot nomination because it is a huge effects movie and it's really impressive. The story of Louis Pasteur. Ooh, here we have a Best Actor win. This is a Best Actor win for Paul Muni. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't seen it, but a friend of mine told me that it's it's really interesting because this is the guy who was like, no... Diseases spread through germs. You have to wash your hands, basically. Right. It's yeah. his story. So very interesting and very specific. <laughs> very specific. So the whole movie, he's just trying to tell people, "No, you have to wash your hands." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the greatest like summary of a film I think I've ever heard. <laughs> a tale of I stole it from oh. my from my friend Oriana. Thank you, <laughs> trademark. Um, tale of Two Cities. Mm. David O. Selznick, we talked about this last week. Him and his books. He loves adapting those great books. He does. And then a movie called Three Smart Girls, which is, uh, I believe last year, like it was 100 Men and a Girl or something. Oh. Or is that the year after? That was, it's, yeah, it's around this time. It's around this time. It may be next year. Um, that is a, uh, they're universal movies that star uh, Deanna Durbin, who right. was like the big uh, tween teenage mm-hmm. star at the time. So, those are the nominees for Best Picture. We got Frank Capra winning for Mr. Deeds, but he didn't win Best Picture. But that is his second Oscar. He's going to win three. Yep. Um, Paul Muni, we talked about a second ago. Um, I'll get to Louise Rayner in a second. Sure will. Reiner. Reiner? Reiner. Reiner. Louise Reiner. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds right. Yeah. Um, Walter Brennan, Gail Sondergaard. Um, And uh, we still have the Best Dance Direction Oscar and the Best Assistant Director Oscar. If you guys ever get a chance to watch The Charge of the Light Brigade, the assistant directing in that movie is just so <laughs> beyond. <laughs> it is off the charts. Oh my gosh. Apologies to any friend of mine who is an AD. I'm not trying to. I mean, true, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so. So here we go. Great Zigfeld. Yes, my, okay, the, the very first thing that I wrote about this movie, very long. It oh, is God. so long. It actually starts out fine. Yes. Um, like, I feel like I was fine until I realized only like 20 minutes had passed. Yes, and you're like, wow, we haven't accomplished much. <laughs> <laughs> like, crap. I mean, like, because they like kind of dive right in. They do, yeah. And the movie looks impressive mm-hmm. a lot of the time. But the acting is good too. There's nothing like it's just one of those movies. It's also the first biography uh, like a biopic to win best picture. And it's the second movie in a row that we have dealing with real life people. Totally. Exactly. The one last and week was musical. not was not the last one last week was not a biography. But uh but it dealt with real people. But it dealt with real yes. people. This is this is literally real people, biopic, musical. It's like the three check marks you need to win Best Picture. Yes, it and is it's three hours long. And who is it about? It is about well, yeah, um, Ziegfeld, who created the Ziegfeld Follies. The thing about this movie, King is of the, Broadway, in like the nineteen teens and twenties, yeah, absolutely. What I will say about this film is it's an example again about how they're still figuring out how to properly make a biopic. 
kind of like when we talked about Broadway Melody, it's, you know, it doesn't come across as a great musical because they're still figuring out the genre. This is, for example, where they're trying to do too much in one movie. You know, yeah. we, don't, we don't need the entire story of his life. Well, you know? I always prefer the ones that kind of zero in on a section of Absolutely. someone's life yes. and examine that section. And the thing that happens, and I think that we ran into this problem, excuse me, even though they weren't about real people, Cimarron and Cavalcade have similar issues, is when you like deal with such a huge expanse of time, mm-hmm. you get into a situation where there's these big character developments that have to happen and you don't get to show enough. Yes. And you end up having a movie that's three hours long. Totally. Where yeah. and it is three hours long. I just want to... <laughs> it is three it's hours long. It's actually three hours long. And it feels like it's three hours long. Yeah. And it, exactly. I totally agree with what you're saying. It's like, it's kind of, I don't know, maybe a bit of a uh, bit of irony where it's like you actually get more from a movie when you try to do less. When you dial it back. Because you, yes. you can examine someone all the more. Now, William Powell mm-hmm. is one of my favorite favorite actors. He's perfect. He is absolutely perfect. We talked about the Thin Man before. Yes. Um, delight. Thin Man is amazing. He's uh, he's in Libeled Lady, which I talked about a second ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a bunch of movies with Myrna Loy, who's also in this film. Yes. Um, but uh, as charming as William Bell makes the character, <laughs> you know, like even he, he can't like make it feel like it's going faster than it is. Definitely. You know? Yeah. And I also feel like, too, with the way they kind of designed this movie, he's not the most interesting character, even his own biopic. You know, it seems like no. they made the uh, women who play his wives uh, and his enemies in this movie way more entertaining. Oh, yeah, for you sure. Know? Well, you know, I I read that Billy Burke, the real-life Billy Burke... Yes. Um, okay, so... <laughs> the movie's about Ziegfeld. Right. It's his life. It's about him starting the Ziegfeld Follies. Yes. And it goes through his uh, two, well, really three prominent women in mm-hmm. his life. Uh, the second one, uh, who's played by Virginia Bruce, was apparently a composite character, as in they gave a different name to a real-life person. Right, because she didn't want to be associated with it, right? So she didn't want to be associated with it, yep. but... Um, the first woman he really has a thing with is Anna Held, who is made into a French woman in this movie, but was actually a German Jew in real life. For reasons life. that are unsure to us. Uh, <laughs> mainly, mainly because, I guess, Louise Reiner played her in the French accents, what she could pull off. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that's a French accent. I don't I didn't even think about that too much. I, or is it just her voice? It's... Because she's not French. She was, no. like, Austrian. She's something. Austrian. And yeah, I think yeah. it's like, that's, like, as close as she could get. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but uh, we go through their marriage, which I did not see evidence they were actually married. I think they were just partners in and real life. And that's the truth. Yes, in real yeah. life, they were never actually married. Yes. Yes. Um, so, and then we go through... Uh, his true love, Billy Burke. Now, all of this is interesting to me because Billy Burke was under contract at MGM, mm-hmm. and she apparently worked as a technical advisor when they were writing the screenplay. Yes. Um, so she had a strong influence over how her husband, her her deceased Ziegfeld, hu- Ziegfeld okay. was uh, depicted in this film, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, she, because she had that influence over it, I think we get, and that combined with probably the production code, 
gives us a very sanitized version of this man. And I think it keeps the character from being... I mean, like, William Powell plays him as this cool, great guy, and that's all he is, because they can't do anything else with him. Totally, because he was a huge womanizer. He had many affairs. Mm -hmm. He, you know, and uh, um, he also created the Ziegfeld Follies, which was... You know, all these beautiful women on this stage for men to pay money and go see. So, you know, it's almost like the product he was making in this movie didn't match the man. You know, they didn't go hand in hand because it didn't make sense. Yeah, they had to... So, so we don't get a great character study. No, because... If you're looking for, like, a biopic on Ziegfeld, don't watch this movie because it's not that <laughs> no i don't think there is one on him uh that no, we is... can make one today i feel like it would actually be a probably a better version of it but... it would be interesting i mean we also like he does show up uh, we'll talk about him in in the 60s because funny girl right we get the the story oh, of fanny I, bryce and i love that so fanny bryce is in this movie playing um, fanny bryce yeah playing herself and she's a delight she, she is, is absolutely delight so good in this movie and you get the Barbra Streisand connection yes, while you're watching you it, which do, which is really interesting. It was so interesting. I was like, "Wow, actually, Babs, you did kill it. She <laughs> like, really killed it." Because they, because my man, which is the song that ends the movie, "Funny Girl," mm-hmm. she sings my man, yeah, in this, and that's like her torch song. Yes. So it was really interesting hearing her sing that song. Oh yeah, that's going to be the big moment, of "Funny Girl." Years later, totally. And she, Fanny Bryce, has the best scene in this movie. It's the scene where she doesn't believe that Ziegfeld is actually calling for her, oh, yeah. and she's like making a joke out of it. And then he does show up. She doesn't think it's actually him. It's this really, really <laughs> funny comedic scene. And to me, I'm like, oh, this, this is what we need more of. We yeah. need because it also is like that is that fits the character. It fits what's actually going yes. on. It makes sense. I feel like bec- I, I I honestly think that because we, for whatever constraints, I think maybe they were just too close in time to the real life person to give us an accurate depiction of him. Because he didn't die many years before this movie came out. No, just a couple years a before couple the movie. Years. I, I believe actually, Billy Burke had kind of. I think she kind of came out to Hollywood right after he died and started being a supporting player in a bunch of movies. Mm-hmm. She wanted to play herself in this movie, but she would have been too old. Would have been too uh, old, yeah. Um, but Myrna Loy plays Billy Burke, does not show up until two hours and 15 minutes in the movie, even though she has a second billing. Doesn't, doesn't do much. Any sense. She doesn't. She does slim to nothing. She, as I told you earlier, like, she was very underutilized. Myrna Loy is a fantastic actress, and um, this does not show any of her skill set. Although, again, this goes back to what we were talking about. We were talking about with British accents last week. Like, parent, Billy Burke was born in England, and she had she didn't have a British accent. She had like a transatlantic mm-hmm. accent. One of those could be from anywhere. Yeah, accents. Myrna Loy is about as American as apple pie, <laughs> yes. and and <laughs> she does not pretend to be anything but American. Absolutely. And there's one point where Louise Reiner, that Anna held character um mentions the twittery voice of billy burke and i'm yeah. thinking like well myrna Loy is not really trying to do that right but, i mean not really there maybe we could just say that billy burke's a lot calmer off screen i, I feel so. like i should mention if you don't know who billy burke is she is a one of the more prolific supporting character actresses of the 30s and 40s and 50s um she's in a bunch of movies uh, she's in uh, Father of the Bride. She's in the Spencer Tracy Father of the Bride. She plays one of the in-laws. Um, she's in uh, 
I was trying to think of another movie before I say the obvious one. Um, <laughs> because there is a really obvious movie that she's in. Um, uh, but she uh, she was married to Ziegfeld when, when he died, which yeah. the movie the movie shows us she gave birth to his kid. Um, and um, I just put in Billy Held. I just combined we their combined names. We combined them both. We combined them. Oh, oh, she's in Dinner at Eight, which was a big movie for MGM. Um, she's in The Man Who Came to Dinner, which is a Betty Davis movie that's kind of a Christmas movie. Um, so she's in a bunch, a bunch of movies. But the biggest thing that she did, and she works all the way up to 1960. Um, but the biggest thing she did is she played Glenda the Good Witch in The Wizard of Oz. So yes. you know who she is. You absolutely know who she is. Um, and... Uh, and so she could act and she could sing and she could... Yeah, she could do it all. She could do it all. And she was under contract at MGM at this point in time and working constantly. I mean, in 1936, she uh, she made three movies in 1936. So, I mean... Yeah, she was yeah she was a, a very good actress herself, you know. So I guess it makes sense that she was brought on to um, consult on this film. It's not the only connection we have to Wizard of Oz in this movie either. Because uh, the guy who plays his rival mm-hmm. uh, is an actor named Frank Morgan, and he played the wizard. The wizard, absolutely. No, 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 I totally recognize that, too. I remember when I was first watching it, I was like, this guy, I know him from something. And then it just snapped. I was like, oh my gosh, he is the wizard. And we have Roy Bolger in there, too. Uh, Ray Bolger, yeah. Ray Bolger, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, Ray Bolger played the Scarecrow. In Wizard of Oz. In yeah, Wizard we do have a lot of crossovers so, in this movie, don't we? And, and then we have... A character Billy Burke being played by somebody else, but Billy Burke would be in The Wizard of Oz exactly. a couple of years ago. So there, there are a lot of random connections. There are, and I guess it makes yeah that that does make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, um, and then but, of course we have Louise Reiner who plays Anna Held, and I will say she she really is. I really enjoyed her performance. She this is movie. she is a she is a good actress. She is funny as hell in this movie. I think she's. The perfect amount of, like, kind of, like, spacey, kind of ditzy, kind of stupid, you know, but, like, still, um, oh, like, enticing, you know? It's like, oh, but I, I do want to be around her, you know? <laughs> and she ends up, like, the, the, the scene that clinches it is the late in the film. Scene. Yeah. And, again, like, this is where we can talk about, like, category fraud. Oh, yes. I she mean, should have been supporting actress for sure. Yeah, because the only character that stays through the whole movie is William Powell mm-hmm. um, as 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 Ziegfeld. Yes. Um, but uh, it's not it's, a leading performance. I don't think it's... There's a... there's In the first half of the movie, it feels like a lead. In the second half, it doesn't. Totally, because I mean, so, they separate and she goes away for the second half of the whole movie. Except for when she calls him to congratulate him for marrying Billy Burke. Correct. Which... A very sad, dramatic scene. It yeah. feels like a supporting performance. It does. For sure. It does feel like a supporting performance. Um, so it's interesting that she won Best Actress in the year that supporting categories were Was introduced. I know. That does seem like very silly. And like a missed opportunity. I mean, I haven't seen Anthony Adverse, but I I don't know. I just feel like this is... It is a very special performance. I think she adds a lot I get to the it. movie. I get it. Um, totally. I will say like... I. Looking at it from a modern perspective, the phone call scene is maybe a little is a little melodramatic. Yes, yeah, for um, sure. But uh, but other than that, I feel like she does. She's fairly restrained. Yes, yeah. And I was surprised by how good her comedic timing is, mm-hmm. and that was something this movie 
desperately needed more of was that like the scene, comedy the scene where she's uh does that is doing the singing lessons yes and she uh she can't pronounce the word um uh oh what crap i can't say what, what, what what's the it? word it's in the song oh my goodness um no. it's uh, delightful to be married is the name of the song here we go is, is she she pronounces the word incorrectly her like music it's instructor tries to be married sung by sheep music singer this is it This would not be sung by me, Ed. It says on here. Hold on. Okay, okay, we're gonna get there. Where is it? <laughs> I hope this is this is the best part of the podcast, isn't it? Who <laughs> the hell is singing this? Jolly. No, it's jolly. jolly. It's Jolly. It's the word Jolly. She says like Jolly or something, She says right? Jolly yes. instead of Jolly. We got there. That's what it is. How much of that do you think will be edited out? Uh, not a single second. <laughs> Y'all came on that journey with us. <laughs> jolly. She can't jolly. pronounce the word Jolly. 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 <laughs> so funny. It kind of reminded me of uh, <laughs> in like... A Christmas story when they're singing jingle bells, yeah. you know what I mean, and they're pronouncing correctly. It's just it's a it's a very funny bit, and she does it so well. Again, she's very endearing in this movie. I will say also, even though it takes us two hours and fifteen minutes to see her, when Myrna Loy comes in, the chemistry between her and William Powell is so effortless. Very true. That their scenes are delightful to yes. watch together because the two of them just work together. And I feel like she... I like her like looking back on the park bench. You know, yeah, it's I also yeah. will say I feel like she must have brought her own entire lighting crew because when she's introduced, and there's a shot of her. She just like dazzles. It's ridiculous. Oh, she's so pretty. <laughs> yeah, I'm like she's whoa, so pretty. The dress she's wearing because she's on like that grand staircase. And yeah, she's yeah. Just like wow, you are everything. Yeah, she is. She is though. She's, she really is. She's. If you've ever seen her on film. If you ever watched The Thin Man. Yes, just watch The Thin Man. It's or The so Best good. Years of Our Lives. We'll or get to that. Years. She's in two Best Picture winners. She I didn't is. think about that. But never nominated for an Oscar herself. And it's really upsetting. What a shame. This isn't where she gets nominated for an Oscar, though. Even if... No, no. Definitely not this movie. Although William Powell was nominated this year, but, but not for... for this movie. My Man Godfrey. Have you seen was... My Man Godfrey? Yes. Oh my gosh, it's so and my man, That's a much good. better showcase of William Powell's I'm skill. I'm kind of upset it wasn't nominated for Best Picture, because it's and a that's great movie. strange, because it's the first movie to be nominated in all the acting categories, Yeah, but not in Best Picture. It's that interesting, the first year we have the supporting nominees we get one that gets nominated in each in all four and i will say like each of those nominations is super deserved <laughs> absolutely the I mean, ensemble in that movie is amazing it's amazing and that's yeah it's a really really good movie it's carol lombard oh my gosh that's a great movie yeah uh, carol better lombard. than this movie that's for sure it is it is better than this movie which i i will say like this movie isn't is not an awful movie by any stretch it's just like it's just bloated 
very bloated. It's bloated. And I think one of the reasons... It's too long and bloated. Definitely, definitely. I think one of the reasons behind that is because the musical numbers in this movie are also incredibly long. They are. You get these We need huge... a hint, and we get the whole thing. Yes, we, we get these huge Ziegfeld productions, which are very impressive. They are. They look expensive. Apparently, they are far beyond what actually happened on the stage, I will say. Like, like it's less than what happened on the stage? Or what do you mean? It's it's a lot more. Oh. Like, you think about, like, sure. you that think about sense. those sets, and they wouldn't fit on a Broadway stage. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, there's that's true. A lot of, there's a little Busby Berkeley-inspired stuff going on here. Very but, true. Very reminiscent of that. But they're very long. The, the Pretty Girl is like a melody number which is the one that won best dance direction i believe mm-hmm. the coveted best dance Ooh, direction yes award that existed for three years what that ask for um yeah i mean like good for them they got it while it was hot um true but uh and also like more legitimate than assistant director um <laughs> yes accurate but uh that number lasts for a very very long time very long time and like i don't it felt like it was 15 minutes and yeah, there's like there's like 500 steps on that staircase, and it's like <laughs> we feel every single step <laughs> along the way. It's like, I mean, good I, lord. I guess I can understand like you know looking at it contextually, like when this came out, that kind of spectacle had it'd be like one of yeah. an overlong fight scene in a in a, in a Marvel movie? Yeah. <laughs> True. I mean, like, maybe that's the way people looked at it then. Well, yeah, I mean, this kind of movie was very popular in the 30s, you know? I, people went to the movies to be dazzled, to see a spectacle, and yeah. this would be the prime example of it. I mean, this was looked upon as the best movie musical at that point. And I mean, it I made think... the most money. It's, it was a huge... It was, it was a big hit. Yeah. And I think what we're going to... You know, we're going to get into, when we get into the musicals that win a little bit later on, they're what they call integrated musicals, Mm -hmm. where they're not just this backstage story with musical numbers. um, There's a song, and the song is progressing the plot, and that's what we don't have in this musical. Correct. And those, you know, yeah, absolutely, that's a really great point. Uh, And to be fair, I am more of a fan of the integrated musicals. I want the plot to be constantly being moved forward. Yeah. Otherwise, I think you can edit it out. Yeah. The only <laughs> That's time, my view. Yeah, no. The the only time I think I really enjoyed the stop and let's watch it during this movie was when it was Fanny Bryce. Yes, absolutely. It's true. Yeah. And I think that may have been also my curiosity about seeing her for real because she, she didn't do a lot on screen. True. You know, I think she was in a couple movies besides this, but not many. True. Yeah. And, and because she's... she's so... Being a fan of Barbara Streisand, it's interesting to look at the real vibe of Fanny Bryce. Definitely. So. I mean, she's such a specific actress that it was probably hard for her to find the right kind of roles to showcase her talents. Um, I really hope that Barbara listens to the podcast. I hope so, too. Because I just pronounced her name correctly, and she's really big about making sure you don't say Streisand. Streisand. You say Streisand, like sand on the beach, sand. just so everyone knows. And she'll be so happy that I told her. That's very true. You know. <laughs> um, okay. So that was, uh, that's the great Zigfield. Uh, are we recommending it? <laughs> no, I honestly can't. I can't recommend it. It's too long. It's not a great example of a biopic or a musical. <laughs> I don't think it's... Uh, it's also not the best... It's it's not anywhere close to the best movie from 1936. There's oh. stuff that modern audiences are going to enjoy a lot more that was made that year. Definitely. I mean, yeah, a handful of movies we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, My Man Godfrey, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. 
Um, even San Francisco. These are all better movies than this was. I mean, like, we can always look at it contextually and figure out why a movie won, but we're getting to the point where... I, I don't there we're no longer at the point where you can say like well it was nine it was nineteen whatever and they the technology was new like that isn't a thing anymore truth yeah like it's a good movie or they've, it, or yeah, it isn't they've figured it out they you know figured I mean? it out and they have made a lot of great movies at this point absolutely so um I if it if it's on TV one day or if it's available for free streaming and, you, and you're trapped in your house and you're trapped in your house and it's raining and you're doing laundry and you need something or you're working mm-hmm. and you just want something on in the background there are enough entertaining moments yeah that you can look up for like 2 minutes then look back down you can check in and for check 20 out. 30 minutes yes <laughs> that's probably accurate there's probably about 30 minutes of actual entertainment in this movie yeah it's sad it's sad but you know um <laughs> what uh, can you do what can you do what do we have next week Rams? next week we have a little movie called <laughs> the life of emile zola we have another another bio coming up another biopic we sure do and i have not seen this movie before no that's, that's a lie i'm lying to you totally i've seen like the first 30 minutes of this movie and i promptly turned it off well, that bodes so. well. <laughs> I, despite the fact that I was a tour guide at Warner Brothers for 40 years. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was three or so. Yeah, it feels like it though. Yeah. Um, despite that I, despite the, despite that fact, I did not see their first Best Picture winner. Hmm. So Shocking. <laughs> I, I'm going to see this for the first time and we'll see it. We will it see. looks like it's a period piece that I might be bored by. Truth, yeah, it's it's uh, it doesn't have a good start. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Great, can't uh, wait. Totally. So we will be with you guys again next week. Can't wait. Mm-hmm.